the Evolve to Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My guest this week is Damon Zibowski, co-founder of Mind, Mind Matters 2, an award-winning innovation hub for young people's mental health. The company is pioneering a community-based approach to supporting young adults through an app called Mind Mapper. And Damien has been driving a new way of empowering young people to co-create services with governments, local councils, and businesses by building and leading youth teams within organizations. Described as a youth expert by leading youth practitioners and government, Damien has built and consulted on the design of youth councils, youth advisory boards, youth programs, and youth conferences all over the UK, engaging over 30,000 young people. Damien is only 22 himself and therefore has great experience and empathy with young adults battling trials and tribulations with their mental health. And one of the most fascinating things that Damien says early on in this podcast is that transition between good mental health and mental illness and what that scale in between one to t'other is. So mental health is always an important topic and it's become especially relevant during these times. The stress and anxiety of the COVID crisis has taken a toll on everyone's mental well-being, but it is the young adults who have been particularly affected. And therefore, this podcast is focused on young adults, but there's hints and tips that are there for us all. And if you, like me, are a parent, then actually it's some great content in here for you to take away and consider in terms of your own children. In detail in this podcast, Damien reveals some of the unique social pressures young people face today. We kind of live in a, in a society at the moment of constantly boasting about the things that we have, boasting about the things that we are, the things that we've done, instead of, right, what is it that I actually want? And, you know, am, am I happy in the position that I'm in? Talks about his motivation behind the Mind Mapper app. One of the sh- big struggles that me and my co-founder had when, uh, when we were 16, 17, 18 and going through our mental health struggles was actually accessing mental health support. And ruminates on the value of taking the first step in your journey of self-improvement. You're changing your, your perspective. You're not treating yourself as a victim anymore. Instead, you're becoming the protagonist, the hero of your story. Please remember, if you want to find out more about Evolve, go to evolvemembers.com. But for now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Damien. Welcome to the Evolved Succeed podcast. Hey, Warren. How are you getting on? Yeah, great. Thank you. As the uh, dad to two young daughters, well, they're 11 and 15, and I was really, when we're doing researching for this discussion, Damien, I was really, I suppose, frightened, intrigued uh, to see the statistics on your website that the World Health Organization put out that 216,000 Young people committed suicide in 2019. Two out of three young adults could not find support when they needed it for their mental health Mm. improvement. And 75% of young people with mental health challenges 
do not receive any treatment at all. As I said, I think that's quite frightening. And I assume it was that kind of awareness of this crisis that prompted you to action, take action and co-found your business. Mm. Well, it was, uh, I think it was, it was definitely more of a personal story with me. Okay. Uh, myself and my co-founder, we have been dealing with mental health challenges from a very young age. So I first kind of had like a traumatic event when I was nine but never received the support that I was supposed to. And my co-founder kind of started her journey when she was 13. So it's definitely been a personal journey of learning about what mental health even is and and then having to deal with it yourself without having any sort of support at all. And then when we were kind of, when both me and my co-founder were about 16, 17, again, mental health kind of came into the topic where we were, we started struggling just kind of with dealing with, all the pressure you're, you're, you're dealing with as a young person. Obviously, you've got massive changes in your life, new environments, new friends. You, you know, you've got, uh, you're going from GCSEs to A-levels to your degrees literally in the course of like three, four years. And I'm seeing that with my eldest daughter, Alex, now. She's just in the middle of doing her GCSEs. And I look forward and I think your world is going to change dramatically in such a short period of time. And that yeah. has to be challenging, doesn't it? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just um, just important to just kind of check check in with um, uh, with your daughter and just have a sometimes open conversation of like how is she actually doing? Um, yeah. Sometimes as as young people, we have so much going on that we don't we forget to check in with ourselves. Yeah. So for so for us, for me and my co-founder, it was that kind of personal journey that kicked it off, and then we kind of realized the stats. Oh, one in four people this. Oh, nine out of ten that. Oh, seventy five percent of you know young people never access any mental health support. Yeah. And, you know, we just kind of said, look, this is ridiculous. Something needs to be done. There's so many different organizations that still hasn't, still haven't really f- cracked this, this, this uh, epidemic, so to speak. So why don't we just give it a go? I mean, we're young people ourselves. We've, we, we have firsthand experience. Yeah. And myself and my co-founder, we've basically been advisors to some mental health organizations that, you know, allowed us to work in the mental health space basically from the age of like 17, 18. So why don't we just give it a go with uh, My Mind Matters too? And that's what we Okay. Started. That's quite a mouthful, uh-huh. that. <laughs> My Mind Matters too. Yeah, we did um, as a as a way of um, making it more memorable when we were going out yeah. to events, we did actually have a hand signal where you could understand My Mind Matters too in sign language. Okay. Uh, obviously, we're on a podcast, so I can't show you. No, it doesn't um, work for our <laughs> listeners. <does> it? <laughs> but it was a really cool way when we did some um, some events where we had you know a couple hundred people in the in the audience that we just kind of did our did our sign language and just made it a bit more accessible for everyone to understand. And it was a great energy booster, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So obviously got into that space. So I suppose the first question, and it goes back to something you just said. You know, how would you define good mental health? Mm. There's a common difficulty that people don't understand around mental health. Because uh, yeah. we often, what you normally, what, when you Google mental health, the thing that normally comes up is actually mental illnesses. So the first thing yes. that we need to break down is the difference between mental health and mental illnesses. So if I asked you, Warren, how do you feel today? How do you feel right now? So I feel good today. Good. So that's your mental health. It's the yeah. way you feel on a kind of on a day-to-day basis, on a situation-to-situation basis, um, whether that's happy, excited, 
you know, in my case today, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and, and worn out because I've had yeah. a really, really long week and it's only Tuesday, Wednesday. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. It's Tuesday, six o'clock on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a long yeah. week ahead, I'm afraid. Damien. Boy, tell me about it. Uh, yeah. But your mental health is just generally how you're feeling. So every single individual in the world has a mental health because it's just how we're feeling, just generally. And that ebbs and flows, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So we all have, you know, um, we all have days where we are super, super, you know, we're on top of the world and we're super pumped and excited. And then we all have those days where actually we don't want the world to see us. We we would rather hide under the world because we're just having yeah. such a bad day that you don't want to talk to anyone. And that's just a normal thing of life. Yeah. Or we put that mask on and pretend to the world that we're everything's great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You then got mental illness, which um, uh, which kicks in slightly differently. So there was there was some there was some work done around the mental health spectrum by I generally forgot the two gentlemen's names, but they did some work back in 2017 for Theresa May when she was uh, the Prime Minister of the UK, just around the mental health space, and they figured out that there's sort of four spectrums of mental health. So you got Good mental health, right? Everyone, you're feeling on top of the world. You could do anything and everything that you think you could do. You've got those bad days where right now I kind of don't want to do anything. I'm just having, I might be going for a breakup. My business might be, might not be doing as well as I hoped it would do. You know, my wife is feeling a bit sick at the moment. So obviously that's bringing me down. I'm going bankrupt. All sorts of things could happen in your life. Yeah. But then you've got your third kind of element of mental health, which is, Right, I've been feeling a bit sad and now this has been going on for a couple of weeks. Or I've had I've had a really difficult conversation with a person in, in, in public and actually now I'm feeling quite anxious anytime I go out in public. And now this yeah. has been persisting for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe a couple of years. Okay, now yeah. you're starting to recognize that that might be a mental illness. Okay. Um, where this thing has now... Um, basically immobilized you from doing certain day-to-day things that might be normal to, to the average person. But for you, it's quite difficult. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's your third spectrum. And then the fourth spectrum of mental health is when you go into, right, now this thing that I've been going through is now affecting me so much that I generally cannot do anything at all. Like, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm feeling quite depressed. Uh, I, there's all of these problems that are happening in my life. I just don't see a way around it. I generally need help. And at that stage of your life, the ideas of suicide could also come out. Yeah. So it's, it is, that's, you know, that's generally the kind of the, the, the cycle that you follow where you're kind of thrown into like this rabbit hole and you keep going down and down and down. Yeah. And that's that transition. And as you say, that journey. And so where do you as a business try to want to intervene? You know, where are you aiming your help and assistance? Mm. Uh, So for us, we are not practitioners of, um, so we're not psychologists, we're not counsellors. We are just generally young people who have experienced mental health challenges. We know quite a lot about mental health. And um, where we try to come in is that early intervention. So making yeah. sure that young people know what know the difference between mental health and mental illness, are comfortable talking about mental health and talking about how you're feeling today. 
And yeah, just, just generally being able to assess when things are going quite well in your life and when things are going quite bad um, and giving them some of those tools and requirements, um, tools and strategies to just generally take control of that situation. So we're more on the early intervention side. So early intervention and signposting when people need it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's an interesting one. And I suppose there's that kind of whole piece around, you know, um, positive thought, isn't there? And, mm. you know, to improve mental health and to make some of those adjustments you need is that positive self-talk and just recognizing that actually sometimes I suppose this probably relates to business owners, really, but everybody in every walk of life. But I am having a good day and I want to should pat myself on the back that things are good and yeah. I'm having a good day. And I, I, I personally think we don't do that enough so that when the challenges do come, we start from this place of insecurity in our minds. Does that make sense to you? Is that something you would see and relate to, Damien? Is it something that I would relate to? Absolutely. You know, now kind of being in, in um, I, I, I generally say, uh, you know, for, for, for my age, I've done quite well so far. Um, yeah. but I often forget that, you know, I, I, I'm really still still a child. And, you know, some of the things that I've, I've achieved, most peers, most of my peers haven't. Yeah. But yeah, I forget to actually celebrate those things. Yeah. So like as an example, last year, I was running a different company and I had my very, very, very first client as in, yeah. you know, I, I managed to make, you know, three to four figures of this client. And this was, you know, after nine months of pure hustle, trying to build a brand, trying to, trying to build the business, trying to build the platform and everything like this. And, um, I secured my first client and I was so busy and kind of caught up with just delivering the work that I, it took, um, it took me having to talk to a friend of mine to go, Damien, you know, you just secured your first client. Like, this is a really, really big deal. This is what businesses look forward to. Have you celebrated? Yeah. And I went, no, I haven't celebrated. Like, what's there to celebrate? It's just to you, it's just kind of something, your journey that you set yourself and off you went. And yeah. And But I think that's, you know, we as part of Evolve is we put like-minded individuals together in peer groups. And it's interesting when you sit in those rooms and the relationship builds, we had one today and people in the room were saying to each other, well, just recognize who you are and what you are and what you're achieving. Mm. And this individual was beating themselves up and, you know, and it was actually no stop, pause, just reflect a little. So, but going back into that piece around, you know, the, I know you've done a lot of research and supported a lot of research in terms of young adults and their mental health. What do you think are the most significant challenges facing young adults today, Damien? Mm. So I won't, I won't tell you my thoughts. I'll tell you what young people have told us. We've done a report that was set to publish in, in October where we asked 600 young people between the ages of 16 and 25. This was basically like the first ever general needs assessment for young people. Um, and we, you know, we wanted to figure out like, what is it, you know, what are young people just generally struggling with? What is it about mental health that they're struggling with? Um, and how can we kind of better support them as schools, as companies, as as a society, as friends? And just generally, how could we better support each other? And the, the common themes that kind of came up and the most recurring themes and answers that came up were, first and foremost, mental health. 
that was yeah. the biggest challenge that popped up. Then you had second one was around employment. So young people struggling to find employment, struggling to navigate for employment, you know, struggling to, to this big, big word from my generation is being able to find your purpose, right? Being able yeah. to do something that really means something, creating that impact, you know, building that legacy. That was point two. And a third thing was actually the way society perceives you. There's a lot of pressure for young people on being that perfect person. And uh, as, a, as a side note on the concept of, of obviously uh, being perceived by society in a certain way, Instagram, um, Instagram, social media would usually follow in that same answer um, when talking about, I guess, society's perspective on young people. Those were the three biggest challenges that came out. That's, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? And why do you think there's a whole generation, which I think does put a stress and strain on mm. mental health, about finding a purpose? Because I think there is, you know, millennials, Generation Z, whatever you want to, you know, t- terminology you want to use, mm. forget the terminology as such, but there is definitely a generation now that are very much keen on finding a purpose and creating impact. And I'm just intrigued to the, why do you think this has happened in, you know, this generation and the last, they're really keen on that. And why do you think that is? I'd probably say, you know, and I, I'm not an expert on this topic, but some of the networks that I'm a part of and some of the conversations that I've had so far is actively because we, we are probably one of the first generations to be so globally connected Okay. You know, we are, we are called global citizens. And that's because I am now connected to people who are from the U.S., the, um, uh, you know, both North and South America, uh, Asia, um, Africa, you know, everywhere around the world. Um, and so that gives me access to information in all sorts of places. And I actively get to see, you know, the people that I follow on, on social media, they are actively performing some amazing work and and they're happy doing that amazing work and so when i you know when i come onto social media um when i come onto instagram for example and i'm seeing you know my friends who are the same age as me and and me in royalty me in presidents me in you know working with some of the, the biggest organizations in the world and they're doing um this fantastic work that i have no idea what the work even is but they're you know in those settings i kind of think to myself well why can't i do that and then, then you kind of normally follow those people on, on social media and, and they go out and, and talk about their stories. And a normal conversation that, that us as the kind of millennials, the Gen Zs, advise one another is find your purpose. Uh, because obviously I'm doing all of these amazing work, pieces of work. You know, I'm working with Google. I'm working with, you know, uh, One Young World and Queen's Commonwealth Trust because I found my purpose. Yeah. The biggest the biggest thing to 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 go through as um as a young person, the biggest struggle that you're going to always find and Warren, I don't know whether you're whether you have this problem right now as well is um what even is purpose and and what is my purpose specifically and how do I live it? Yeah. I mean that that is a big that's that's a really big question, isn't it? I I think I um how could I answer that? Um as you've so, pose the question i i think finding purpose is really really difficult and i think i suppose for me personally 
for me, it's been about building Inspire, you know, business tax advisory firm, coming out of a corporate world, doing mm. that 15, 16 years, loving it, mm. but knowing that I wanted to help others succeed. And for me, that comes back to what Evolve's all about, which is enabling success and recognizing that, however, that there's a rah-rah out there that everybody says success is money. Mm. And for me, that's a component part, but success has got to be holistic, Damien. And, you know, for me, success means business and personal success. Mm. And 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 when I speak to other business owners, entrepreneurs, they resonate with that. But there's not enough people out there saying that. There's too much for me me on things on social media, coaching companies, consultants out there, just going grow, 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 sell your business for lots of money. And actually, that's not what most business owners and entrepreneurs strive for. So, So I suppose my purpose is pursuing that message and getting that message out there that success has got to be a balance of personal and business success. And it's got to be holistic. It can't be anything else. But it's taken me a long time to find that as a purpose, mm. if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 47. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, my, I've gone through a whole transition in life and, and I've learned and I've been on my own journey, you know, some highs and lows and along that journey, Damien. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point, you know, Good. where I've pursued money for the sake of money and seen mm. actually that generally doesn't bring even business success if you focus on the money i'm a believer that the money doesn't come focus on creating a great business with purpose that serves others and do what you do really well and then as a consequence of that the money will come mm. yeah i mean right. maybe maybe that's um it, i said that, that's probably something you could definitely mentor me on uh, okay <laughs> Because as um you know as a, as a 22 year old I, I I've been in the mental health space I've been in the education space but I you know people generally say to me oh you know you you're doing something that you're really passionate about and uh, yes I I you know it is something I'm passionate about because I get to live with my mental health every single day um, yeah. but finding purpose I I still wouldn't say I exactly found my purpose you know it's uh I guess I I see it more as a as a lifelong thing. Um, yeah it's a journey yeah yeah and it's a it's it's a fun one you know it it has its ups and downs it should be fun (laughs) life should be fun and it should be a fun journey but i suppose that does come back to that is there you know a generation or two now that are so focused on needing to find their purpose that they don't enjoy the moment yes and they don't don't just go on the journey yes um, and that can't be good for mental health. <laughs> no, no. I found that um, uh, actively. So I've, I've, uh, as part of, on top of kind of running mind, uh, my mind matters too. Um, I've actively worked with young people from all sorts of ages, from primary up until kind of university students. I've been in all sorts of networks. I ran, you know, over a hundred events in the last couple of years. Um, I run, you know, I, I also. I'm a youth consultant. So um, what that means is I build youth groups, youth advisory boards, youth steering boards um, okay. within charities, within governments and within local councils. And so I get to actively, you know, my day-to-day job is working with young people. Um, yeah. And what I actively find is um, young people now, because of this, this access to information that we have, we're prone to skip 
a few of those character building lessons to act, you know, to, to, to get out, basically get rich quick type of thing. Mm, yeah. uh, so we want success very, very quickly. And it's more or less not, not, not for ourselves, but to be able to share it with others. So I want to, I want to, you know, make that money right now. Not, not, not for myself, but to be able to boast about it, that I've hit this at a certain age before anyone else. I drive this car and, you know, you can now see me going down the road in a Ferrari at the age of 19 or at the age of 24. And it's more about, you know, we kind of live in a, in a, in a society at the moment of constantly boasting about the things that we have, boasting about the things that we are, the things that we've done instead of, right, what is it that I actually want? Yeah, you know, am, am I happy in the position that I'm in? Definitely, and that's the dangerous effect, isn't it, of social media? Mm. And that kind of, and I suppose that's the world getting smaller again, which you referred to earlier. You know, you referred to being global citizens, and but that does bring an adverse sense of pressure. Yeah, it? that other generations perhaps haven't, and you know, you see it that you know, I suppose when I was at school, school wasn't. I wasn't the be- best at school, didn't give it my time and attention I should have done. I've done all right as, in the, as a consequence. But, you know, the school school years for me were about, you know, having fun, mm. perhaps, you know, not concentrating as I should have done on it. And if I, but then I did have bad days at school and, you know, and you, but I, you could always get away and escape from it. And I think that the challenge I would see, and maybe I've got it wrong, Damien, but so I'd like your opinion, is one of the mental health challenges for young adults is, it's really hard to shut off from it, isn't it? And, you know, you, you go into the realms of bullying and all of those kind of things. Well, there was a time when you could shut your front door and be safe. Mm. That doesn't exist now, does it? That must be, from a mental health perspective, a tremendous challenge for young adults. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, we are actively pl- plugged into our digital devices and more often than not, whenever we jump onto our phone, and if I remember the statistic correctly, uh, we end up checking our phones about, I think it's around like two, 200 times a day. Um, yeah. But don't, don't quote me on that one. You know, most of the time we end up going onto social media. And social media, you know, w- w- whenever you're building great products, uh, a great product is one that could actively cause a trigger that releases some sort of... Um, emotional boost for the user you know getting the user to contribute more towards that app that website that product whatever the case is and social media does a fantastic job of that trigger being whenever you're onto social media you get that like you get that dm um so mm. direct message you get that you know notification that triggers a response in your head to go ah oh, okay i'm popular I'm, I'm i'm excited someone care about someone cares about me yeah. And that actively wants, you know, forces you to, to, to come back onto it. And that's why sometimes we're, we're up, you know, at three in the morning, scrolling through our, our, our feed, trying to find the next thing that's coming up, trying to find the next notification that pops up, trying to message that, that people just to kind of be seen by others. But like you said, it's, it doesn't, it has a detrimental effect to our mental health. More, th- there, was, um, there was an experiment done by Facebook a couple years ago where they didn't tell anyone about it. They just kind of did the experiment, you know, on the platform. Uh, but they took uh, two groups of people. There was about 50 in one, 50 in another. And let's just call these groups group A and group B. 
for Group A, they posted out on a weekly basis, they posted out a lot of positive news. So, you know, I don't know, um, puppy, uh, puppies on their social profiles, people getting, people getting married, you know, a lot of fun and exciting emotions. And by the end of the week, the general reaction in those people were, oh, I feel really, really excited about life. This is great. You know, I'm seeing a lot of positive news and it's working into your subconscious mind where you're not happier because, you know, every time you're popping onto Facebook, there's some good news. Yeah. But then what happened to Group B when over that week, it was just negative news? There was disasters, there was deaths, there was, you know, all sorts of tragedies. Naturally, those people, you know, the way they, they scored um, afterwards was that they see life slightly more negative. They don't actually, they don't want to go out of their comfort zones. They feel, you know, life is just generally treating them quite bad. And it isn't, that isn't the case. It was just what they were seeing. So social media does have a really big subconscious effect on your mental health. Yeah. And do you offer any, you know, what's your hints and tips then to somebody that, you know, and how social media should and could be used for a positive effect? The way I see social media, it's a fantastic tool. Um, yeah. I think it's a fantastic tool for business, but I also think it's a fantastic tool to boost yourself up. Um, a yeah. lot of the friends that I have now, I've actually found through Instagram, funny enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was literally, um, you know, when I was uh, 18 and I was just coming out of depression, I, I really wanted to change my life around. I really wanted new friends. You know, I really wanted to expand my, my comfort zone. And so I started following all sorts of people on, uh, on, on my Instagram to kind of expand my, my, my network. And before I knew it, I kind of started seeing some of these young people who were doing amazing things. And I was like, you know what? This person's doing really cool. Let me just direct message this person, say hello, and ask him if, ask him or her if they wanted to, um, to go out and like, you know, just grab a bite to eat and just catch up. And more often than not, you know, someone says yes. So yeah. a lot of the friends I have at the moment and a lot of, um, you know, the role models that I have, I literally just met on social media. Right. So it's a fantastic tool to, to, to have, but in small doses. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a reason why Mark Zuckerberg doesn't spend all day on, on Facebook. He works at Facebook, but he doesn't spend time on it. So I guess the, the active thing that I try to do is um, weekends, try and have it away, you know, to uh, go out, enjoy the sunshine, you know, breathe. I normally, I have active weeks away from social media. Um, so if I know that I generally don't need to use social media in October over this period of time, cool. I'm going to just turn off my um, social media profiles for the week. I don't need to see it. I don't need to touch it. I don't need to hear it. I'm just going to be engaged because, I don't know, I have a wedding coming up in, um, in October. So I'm just going to spend all of my time at this wedding engaging with real people. Okay, so live in the real world rather than yeah. the balance of social and real. Yeah, really pretty much. So in the work that you do, what are the most significant challenges and stumbling blocks that you're facing? The big thing that we obviously try to get through is education around mental health. Yeah. Um, just making sure that people understand the difference between mental health and mental illness. They, they are a group equipped with the tools and the strategies to look after their own well-being and the second thing that we always try to get into 
which is why we, we produce these reports, is because we realize that, that, it, that there is a massive uh, lack of understanding, specifically 16 to 25 year olds with their mental health, right? Because yeah. 16, 25 year olds, like I said at the start, they have so many different changes in their lives. Um, and, and, you know, in a case of that 16 to 25 year old period, you're going to go through school to college, to university, to employment, so many big challenges, so many big transitions, so many big questions and, and answers that you need to find out. And that means a lot of changes to your physical and mental health because of these things. And so what we try to actively do is just make sure that we know what young people are going through. And the best thing to do when working with a, a, a user that you're not related to or that you aren't is not assume that they, you know, that, that you know what's best for them. It's to ask, hey, how's it going? What are you currently struggling with? And how do you think we can help you? And the, the, the thing that most people don't realize about young people is young people are very, very smart. They're very caring. They, they more or less know what they want. They just need a bit of support to kind of get that out from them. Um, yeah. And so our job at, at My Mama Matters too is to literally ask those questions. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ben. Hey, Amy. How are you feeling? Like, generally. Cool. You're feeling this way. Um, so what? how can we support you guys? Like, what's going on? And more often than not, they tell us, look, this is how I'm feeling and this is what you guys could do. And some, some ideas are, are great ideas, but might be a bit difficult for us to implement. While others, we try to take on and, and you know, work through. Like we recently built the uh, MyMapper UK platform, you know, out of talking with 600 young people. Yeah. So tell us about that platform. What does that platform do, Damien? Oh, good question. <laughs> so um, one of the one of the sh big struggles that me and my co-founder had when uh, when we were 16, 17, 18 and going through our mental health struggles was actually accessing mental health support. You know, when you're when you're when you're at that age, one, you don't really know where to go. And the one place that you can really go to access mental health support is your GP. And then your, your GP basically refers you to uh, a professional psychologist because they don't really yeah. have any other connections apart from professional psychologists that work for the NHS. But then when you get put onto the list, you have to wait six months time uh, on average for any for support. So imagine you're a 16-year-old kid. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Imagine you're a 16-year-old kid and you're going through depression. You've, yeah, feeling um, lonely, feeling isolated. Exactly. And you've probably taken that bold step, haven't you? To step forward exactly. and then somebody says, well, it'll be six months. Exactly. You, you, you know, you're kind, of, you, you're kind of feeling a bit hopeless. Like, yeah. what? Six months? Um, I don't know if I'll be around in six months' time. The kind of things that are ha happening in my head right now, I don't know how to describe them. I don't know how to talk to, talk about them. I don't know what's going on. And then imagine, you know, you're between the ages of 18 and 20 and you know you're going through something. You know about mental health. You've kind of been going through this for a couple of years. You've now transitioned into university. You're in your first year. You know you need support and you actively go out and reach out to the NHS to, to actually ask for support. And yet, no one is, is helping you. And so you're going through, you have to go through 25, 25 different practitioners and literally telling them your story of how you've been dealing with, how you've been dealing with 
you know, very difficult thoughts yeah. in your head, potentially suicidal thoughts. You know, you're, 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 you don't know how to keep yourself safe and all of these uncomfortable situations and having to repeat that conversation 25 times. It's, it, so, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. So how do you help solve that problem then? Cause that's a huge issue. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's the kind of story that me and my co-founder have had. And so over these last few months, we asked 600 young people, you know, just about the general problem that they've had with mental health. And again, access came up. So we came up with an idea for, we came up with an idea called Mind Mapper UK. And this is the, um, the first ever matchmaking service between young adults and mental health support. So we can match you to mental health support based on where you are in the world, what topic that you're currently struggling with, and what type of support do you actually prefer? So we're kind of, you know, out of this really difficult and confusing way of accessing mental health support, our users have said, we managed to find a way to make it quick, easy, and personalized to the person. And it's, you know, it's free to use. You could literally Google www.mindmapperuk.com. There's a big button that says start here. We need to do is click that. And uh, within the course of about a minute and a half, you could be matched to mental health support based on what you actually need. Wow. <laughs> Six months to a, mi- <laughs> to a minute and a half. Fantastic. <laughs> and I suppose it leads on to that question around kind of, you know, without being political, but government and the red tape and all of those things, I suppose you've started to talk about. Mm. I mean, what measures, if you had that magic wand, would you see the government pushing for and putting in place when it comes to mental health for young adults? The, the recent report that we're, that we're going to publish in, in, in October actually has stats around that. And um, we, we asked young people, you know, where, where is it, when you're dealing with your mental health struggles, who's the first person that you're going to go to? Like, where do you normally go to for support? And uh, out of 600 young people, only 8% actually said, I would go to a professional or I would go to the NHS. Yeah. Only 8% of people. Wow. Most people, over 60% said friends or family. 10% said the internet. So when you add some of these, these stats up, you're kind of recognizing that, okay, most young people first and foremost go to their friends and family, so people that they trust. And then they go to the internet to actually find support. I mean, every single person has jumped onto Google and typed how to do this, how to do that. What is X? What is Y? So the way I would, you know, if I, if I was in a position working with the government and um, I have done a few times, but never been, a, you know, the government has their own agenda and they have their own plans to do stuff. The way I would kind of try and solve it is, of course, you need to have those psychologists and those counselors, because even though there is a small minority of us that actually have mental illnesses, you know, there are, there are still individuals who need medication, who need therapy to be able to deal with the challenges. But the large majority of us who are just, just generally sometimes dealing with a bad day need yeah. trusted environments to be able to go to for support, need someone to sometimes just come and, and, and have a conversation with. Or sometimes just just to be around someone and just know like this person has my back. So what I would generally invest in, well, if I was the government, I would generally invest a lot more into community-based initiatives, initiatives that, yeah, I guess just just support um, 
the kind of the sharing of resources and the sharing of people. You know, I think, I think, you know, as an example, Warren, um, even with your evolved community, like the fact that you guys have a community here and you're talking about business and, and giving people an open space to talk at the same time, you're also impacting their mental health. You're also yes, giving yes. them a space where they can just kind of learn about mental health. And the way I always see mental health and, and the way we, we, you know, as a company, we see mental health is mental health isn't the end result. It's a byproduct of something that's going on in your life. Absolutely. I, I, uh, yeah, I get that. I really, yeah, I really relate to that. Yeah. So if you're struggling with, um, you know, if you're struggling with finding a job right now, obviously that's going to keep you depressed. If you're struggling with not having money to pay your bills, that's going to keep you depressed. If you're, you know, if you're not finding your purpose, that's going to keep you depressed. If you, if you didn't get those good grades that you wanted to, that's going to get you depressed. So instead, if you actually find the problem that you're actually dealing with, so the lack of funding, the lack of employment, the lack of good grades, whatever the case is, and target that problem specifically, hey, if you end up solving your money problem and you now have a job, I guarantee you, you're going to feel a lot better because now you have something to do and you've got income coming in. That just solves yeah. the biggest problem that you've had, but it also helps you feel better about yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose seen it personally, but seen it with friends, family, business colleagues is sometimes you can get into that place, can't you, where you you feel so deep in the thought of something not working or something not going in the way in which you want it. And if you can just be encouraged sometimes to make those very first tentative steps to doing something positive about it, mm. change can happen, can't it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think, I think it was Lao Tzu that, that said this quote, um, which was a, a journey of a, of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Yeah. And it's that single step that is the most difficult thing that you're ever, ever, ever going to go through that single, that single first step. But as soon as you end up breaking it, you're now rewiring your brain, you're rewiring your habits. And this is a whole nother conversation that we could have. I guess the way the brain works and stuff, but you're changing your, your perspective. You're not yeah. treating yourself as a victim anymore. Instead, you're becoming the protagonist, the hero of your story, because you have now taken your first step on, you know, onto this journey of recovery, onto this journey of success, onto this journey of achievement, of learning, of, of growing, whatever your journey is, but you've taken your first step. And that's the most, you know, biggest achievement you could you could celebrate, but we, ne we never really do. No, we don't. But you, then you need some nurturing and then some encouragement, don't you? Particularly maybe if you're younger and you feel a bit more insecure, that you are on the right path and that you continue making those steps. And uh, I know, I assume that's where Mind Mapper and the app and the website all come into play, Damien. Yeah, yeah. So on top of the, um, on top of the, the matchmaking um, the matching process that we have on MyMapper. We also have a membership community that we just that we've just recently kicked off. We now have 42 members, 42 MyMappers in the community. Um, wow. that, yeah, I'm just I, I'm super pumped about. And um, you know, with the community, we really wanted to to um, bring in curious young minds that generally wanted to help themselves. And so, a lot of the stuff that we do in the community is actually just you know, we are that first place of contact for 
accessing resources or just learning about mental health and, and you know, strategies to look after your own mental health that you can go and apply yourself. And yeah, you know. Brilliant. <laughs> so I just to round up a couple of questions is, sure. I suppose doing what you do and what you and your co-founder do, reaching out and helping others, there's got to be days when it feels testing and you want to help others and, you know, it, it is a struggle to do that. How do you reinvigorate yourself, Damien, to get yourself in a good place from a mental health and a well-being perspective? Ooh, that's a that's a very very good question, my friend. Last two years have been very. Last two years have been testing. They've been testing, to say the least. Someone okay. has. I would very much call the last two years building blocks. In, you know, if I had to name that stage of my life. And that's because I kind of, I've, you know, both of my co-founder, we've just um, actively been pushing, 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 pushing. And, you know, now we're kind of, we're, we're mature enough to, to realize sometimes just to check in with our bodies. Yeah. Like today, my, um, you know, I've, I've kind of, the last like three months, I've just kind of been on the go, go, go all the time. Um, yeah. And today in the morning, I felt like a, a bus hit me. And I've been kind of feeling like this for the last like five, six days. So naturally, I now know that this is my body telling me to, to lay off, like yeah. take a day off, relax, um, go play some FIFA, go outside and, and, and take a breather, whatever it is yeah. that you need to do to just unwind. don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And your future self is going to thank you for, because uh, again, we could go into, into more details about how resting actually improves your productivity, improves your creativity yeah. and all of the other, you know, you're a better person, you're a better leader, you're a better family member, husband, wife, whatever the case is. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that because I think I was telling somebody again today that, you know, one of my things is taking some time out every now and again, you know, with mm. the family, go away, do something. And then clearly with the whole COVID thing, it's been flat out, you know, from the start of this year and got a week off and going to go. Just, you know, away for a few days with Makeda and the girls next week. But I felt like it's, you know, I do that normally because I've learned that I need to do that to get perspective. Mm. And because if I rest and recuperate, my mind just shuts down a little bit. Mm. And it stops firing at a million miles an hour. And I start being, stop being manic. And when my mind reboots, as I come back into a work environment or, you know, I'm thinking about where, what next. Yeah, it just feels cleansed and fresh and some of the best things I've ever decided to do happen in, in that space whereas when you're just at it 100 miles an hour you just don't give yourself the time and space to get perspective so absolutely Damien agree with you and I, I, that'd be a great thing just for our listeners to take away because I think it has a huge impact yeah. on mental health giving yourself the opportunity to rest as you put it it's really important. Yeah. Two other things that I I actively do. One of them is journaling. Um, okay. It's a fantastic thing to to do just to check in with yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, how how has your day been today? What has what has been going on? How have you reacted to this situation? You know, just checking in with, with how your day or how your week or how your month has been. Um, so I actively try to pursue uh, kind of like daily, uh, weekly journals. Um, and I would normally do a, uh, a quarterly review just of my personal life. 
okay. um, that I would send over to some friends, I guess just to, to hold me accountable. Um, okay. But it's also a case of like sometimes I I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And sometimes I feel like I, I, I kind of have an imposter syndrome of like, look, I'm I'm winning all of these like awards and I'm doing all of these great stuff, but I don't feel like I should be getting them. So it's just um it's just a check-in with myself of like, look, you actually deserve these things. You deserve the time off because you've actually been able to do this and this and this and this. And, you, you, you know, you're actually doing really well for yourself. You know, give yourself a pat on the back. So journaling is one thing. And just a question on journaling. So I've never done it. Um, yeah. I tried it for about two days and never got into the habit. So it's <laughs> habit creation thing because I'd read about it. Do you... When you journal, do you sort of answer some standard questions every day or do you just go free form on what your thoughts are on that day and just it down? Personally, I'm more of a free former. Okay. But I know my I know my co-founder, she has a set she has like four questions that she tries to answer. I can't remember them off the off the top of my head. Yeah. Um because there seems to be two approaches to it, doesn't it? It's just open the book up and jot or that kind of affirmation kind of approach or answer some standard stuff so you can see how things develop and alter over a period of time. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but I had that question because <laughs> I've given it a go myself and never quite got there. Yeah. So I'm definitely I'm definitely more of a more of a freeformer. Um I'd I normally like write the the date um at the top of the page. And then I'd usually try to answer like what what's what happened during the day. But anything that's on my head, I just kind of write down. Okay. The second thing that, that we're talking about is obviously meditation. Um, and there are so many different platforms that you can have for meditation. Um, like there are so many free platforms. You know, Headspace has, um, has an ama- I think Headspace has one of the, the best guided meditation sessions where you can have, I think it's a week or like 10 days free trial. Yeah. And again, the personalization aspect kicks in because you could have sessions that are three minutes, five minutes or 10 minutes long. Um, I'm a big fan of meditation um, and I would, you know, I, I kind of, I, I see, I really enjoyed my free trial of Headspace, but I'm not willing to pay the eight, nine, 10 pounds a month. Um, yeah. Instead, what I do is I literally just find a YouTube video, quick guided medita- meditation that could be like five, 10 minutes or even up to an hour if you need it. Yeah. And just listen to, you know, someone usually going, Hey, How's your day going? Now, listen to my voice. <laughs> just take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. And when you're ready, just close your eyes. Yes, yeah, so I'll usually chill into one of those. Yeah. You'll uh, be filming your own YouTube meditation video <laughs> with that voice soon. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I've, I, you know, I've been doing meditation now sporadically. So not every day, but yeah. you know, once, twice a week. Um, or kind of, you know, when the when whack load is a bit heavier, I would try to do it more often. I've been doing that for about two, two, three years now. And um, again, you know, the effects on your mental health helps you become more um, confident about yourself, a lot more aware, a lot less. You know, if if some of the listeners on here are married or they're in relationships, the fact that you're meditating can actually help you um, not react to your partner's behavior or attitude at times um making your your home life a lot more peaceful but it could you know it could generally improve your productivity and and that's why i found over the last like kind of two three years of doing it 
is that now when I'm on doing work, I'm doing work. When I'm on social media, I'm on social media. I don't kind of switch in between because mm -hmm. meditation helped me to just stick on one thing at a time. Brilliant. Great. That has been an incredible discussion, Damien. It's been wide and varied. I think, you know, for our listeners with children, you know, parents of young adults, or even just when they're thinking about their own well-being and mental health, and even that initial discussion, Damien, around the difference or that transition between from a starting point of good mental health through to what the difference is between that and the transition to mental illness was, has been fundamentally some great advice and insight from you. So Damien, it was great to have you on the uh, podcast. If people want to learn more about Damien and Mind Mappers, where can they go? Sure. So uh, you could find me um, on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Medium at Damien Zabielski. Literally, you just need to Google my name. I'm usually the most popular Damien Zabielski on Google. <laughs> um, Are you the only one? No, there's quite a few Damien's, but I found out that I'm the most popular one on Google. So that's hey. really cool. <laughs> um, and that, that really helps around personal branding. And for MindMapper, it's literally just MindMapper UK. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our website, www.mindmapperuk.com. Brilliant. As I said, brilliant to have you on the, as a guest, Damien, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. Thanks a lot for having me, Warren. In my opinion, it was great, and I feel really valuable to get a young adult's perspective, not only on mental health, but on the meaning of success and specific pressures and anxieties that today's generation are going through. People like Damien, with his compassion, understanding, and an innovative mind, really are a guiding light to today's youth and it's reassuring to know there are individuals like him who are committed to creating a better present and a more fulfilling future for our children. To find out more about Evolve then please do visit evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content as well as information on our peer groups, one-to-one -one coaching and events. And don't forget that we'll soon be launching a co-working space in our beautiful premises in Ashley Cross. I really hope you've enjoyed the podcast and if you haven't yet then please do click that subscribe button so you can get your weekly Evolve podcast delivered automatically to your device. And if you're enjoying the podcast please do help us by rating and reviewing the podcast as well. We're constantly striving to bring you guests who provide new insights and value to you whether it's to do with your work life or personal well-being. Thank you for listening and from all of the Evolve team have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.